Hey guys, it's me, your girl Antoinette, that bitch in my couch. I'm back for session four of Bitch Got a Couch podcast, Only the Healed Survive. So after talking a little bit about, you know, my childhood and my, in session three, my father's way, I was compelled, you know, to talk about my healing because my healing was the foundation of how I was able to even accept my father's love into my life. For a long time, I said, you know, survival of the fittest, only the strong survive. You know, Mob Deep, you know, a Darwinian phrase from his evolution theory. Uh, I'm with it. I'm with all of it. I'm down with that. I'm down with what that means. But it wasn't until about maybe a year or two ago that I switched that phrase from survival of the fittest, only the strong survive to survival of the fittest, only the healed survive. I realized that, you know, no matter how strong I was emotionally or physically, if I had wounds that remained unhealed, you know, once those faults were tested, my whole queendom would be crashing down. And that actually happened to me, you know, after my divorce. I was in like the height of my life. I had done so much healing. I had come so fucking far. I was at the the height of my life, basically, for the first time ever. You know, I was at the top of where I could go for that point in time. And at that point in time, and something happened uh, that rocked my whole world. And it triggered it was directly triggered from an unhealed wound. And I couldn't believe, you know, I was like, I'm strong, I'm this, I'm that. But it truly showed me that, you know, this healing thing is like a forever thing. It's a forever job and you're never done, especially if all the wounds weren't taken care of throughout the years, throughout um, the process of healing. And then there's also new things that come into play and you have, no matter how tired, no matter how much work, you have to still show up and fucking heal yourself. And, you know, me (sighs) coming from a place of always having me, you get fucking tired. You know, you, you're like, why can't I have a man or a husband and just like fucking walk with me through this, hold my hand, rub my back. Like, why can't I have a friend come and just take these bags? Like, why do I have to keep on fighting? You know, you get fucking tired, but Listen, this life is ours, ours only, and 
it was definitely a blessing and a curse for me becoming so wise at a young age. You know, when, you know, when your innocence is robbed, what happens is your growth is stunted. So that's kind of like what happened to me. So I, my innocence was robbed. So I instantly grew up, but that little child inside of me never did. (laughs) She's still waiting for the love. She's still waiting for the healing. And I mean, I was a child, but I wasn't really able to be a kid, you know, like I experienced changing environments with people with friendly faces, but not nice spirits, you know, because of the, the socioeconomical realm that my parents lived in at the time they had me and my brother and my younger, my other sister. Uh, well, not my, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me not complicate this. Um, they, they needed help, you know, and they were doing the best that they could. And I had to be shuttled places and be with people that reminded me that I wasn't their child, you know, made me feel like I was a burden. And why, you say, do I feel like that? Because they actually expressed these things to me. And the worst part of that, I believe, was my family. You know, it's almost like you can expect a stranger babysitter to, you know, get all treating her kids better than you one day. You know, it's almost like that comes with the territory, but you never expect your own aunt, your own grandma, your own cousin, you know, to make you feel that um, that you weren't important or that you were hindering their life in some way when you're just a child. You know, so besides these, no, as a direct result of my ever-changing environments, you know, I, I felt unsafe, you know, I, I understood in such a weird way what it was and what my parents had to do, but I didn't accept it. You know, I didn't want it and I didn't like it. And the worst thing I believe for a child to feel is unsafe, especially at the hands of her parents, you know, the outright lack of communication, the yelling, the, the inability to speak lovingly, you know, the being able to express, you know, I love you. You you're the smartest, you're the greatest, you know. You're this, you're you're my angel, you're my though not being able to hear those phrases, it's like it really put me in a space of like I didn't know what the fuck was going on, you know? And I I'm not even into it really and 
I hope that you can feel that when it came to my healing, your girl had a great job ahead of her for sure. You know, raising a child while being a child. My mom had my youngest sister when I was 11. And, you know, initially out the gate when she was a little baby, my mom was there. But uh, soon after, she became my baby. Um, I, I, everything that came with that, like I loved her, obviously, you know, there's something that existed and that exists, I believe in the black family a lot is this, this unwavering love, irregardless to any type of pain and trauma, you know? So I loved her. And, but it didn't stop the fact that I was upset. I was upset that I had to ride a bike with a baby seat on the back of it because I had to always be taking care of my little sister, you know, um, making sure that she was fed, making sure that she was clothed the, to the best uh, 11, 12, 13 year old kid could do. Listen, seriously, especially someone who feels like she raised herself. It, I mean, I'm sure she did not have the best care. Thankfully, she is making me proud every day. But that was a part of the things that robbed my innocence, you know, and the sexual abuse, you know, and that, you know, I definitely want to go on record to say is literally you know, the biggest wound that I've actively, that I'm actively healing in my life. It, a lot of these other things, you know, as I speak, will I'll show you how I've come together on them. That one issue, you know, the abuse is in every fucking day job, for sure. Full time, <laughs> over time. Um, I fucking went through it. And believe me, like, I've seen kids who had it worse. But all I knew was I fucking needed better. People needed to have done better for me. That's all I knew. You know, this fractured foundation forced me to go inward. It was the safest place I knew, you know, to this day. Sometimes I temporarily run in there and hide for a little bit. I created a world in me that was self-reliant, literally. You know, I relied on no one. You know, me, my brother, my sister, we were all we had in that basement by ourselves all day and all night, you know, until my mom or to my grandma finally or my grandpa finally called us in to, you know, but no one was really watching us and truly caring for us as children. So... I never even relied on them and we were in it together. I couldn't allow anyone to fucking have me. And I just need to stress, you know, I'm becoming emotional because I I need to stress what the fuck that looks like. You know, a little fucking child, a little fucking empath, a little intuitive, played with the myriad of thoughts and feelings that I couldn't even understand, you know, nor could I express about the reality that was my life, you know? And me going inward 
what it helped me with the inconsistencies, you know, and the hurt and the pain that I felt, it made sure that I didn't crumble, you know, that I didn't cripple myself by that pain because that pain is fucking crippling. You know, um, I, I had become okay with and 100% fully accepting of any pain that I inflicted on myself, but I had zero tolerance for anyone else. Like I built a representative at a very young age. You couldn't even get close enough to fucking touch me emotionally, that is. And, you know, my parents were the one that were here to on this planet to protect me and nurture me, you know, and they had unfortunately let me down, you know, they didn't possess the tools to love me the way that I needed to be loved. But the craziest fucking part of it is they didn't possess the tools to love themselves properly. I had to deal with a lot and I had a lot, I have a lot to heal from. My healing came in phases, right? So phase one was me checking myself into the psych ward. That was where I learned that I was using drugs and alcohol to mask my pain. My inner child, that little girl who fucking, her growth was stunted, you know, 18, 17 years ago, that was her biggest cry for help. She cried out to save my life. That was the craziest and still to this day, the weirdest day of my life. I was outside of myself, outside of myself. Like a blessing and a curse, I'd say for sure. But it showed me that nothing could take away the job that I had to be doing to deal with these things. You know, I was having, I thought I was having fun, <laughs> but the truth is, I really wasn't. And the alcohol and the partying was only providing a temporary escape for um, a lot of pain and trauma. And actually during that time, I wasn't, not only was I temporarily escaping, I also was adding new things into my life that I needed to be healing from because of the situations that the drugs and the alcohol had put me in. Phase two was running away from my family running away from the shame, the pain, the resentment, and the motherfucking anger. I was angry. So I wanted to replace them. I had met my ex-husband's family enough that I thought, (laughs) and I was ready to replace my family with his family. They were seemingly open for it. You know, they said I was like their daughter, But then I got there and I realized that the grass wasn't greener. And not only was the grass not greener, the motherfuckers standing on the fake grass were plastic. 
Okay. I had to forgive and I had to understand. For me, I had to forgive my family. I had to understand truly where they were coming from. I had to understand. And it and I had to do it for me, right? I'm I ran away. I replaced them with fake people and fake grass. But I was loving like my dad. I was being a hard lover to my ex-husband. I was being a hard parent to my daughter. I was blowing through my little bit of money for my little job like my mom. These people had followed me here, you know, and I realized that I could not do it. But what I had to do was now create relationships with boundaries that were directly in line with the woman that I was becoming. I had to do that. And I didn't do it for them. I did it for me. Um, And that, you know, phase two was literally fucking groundbreaking for me. Groundbreaking, right? So I wanted to start a new life. I wanted to literally erase my history. Start now, you know, from September 2017. This is where my life starts. When I moved to New Jersey and create a new create a new history for myself that that was only uh, that only told you know the good parts of my life, the parts that I liked. So this phase was like crucial to me growing for sure. Phase three, um, my divorce. (laughs) I was growing, I was changing, and I was healing hand over fucking fist. Okay. I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. And the growth wouldn't allow me to continue living a life that wasn't for me. So I left. And then again, began to heal. An intensive class was that, you know, I, I was healing every day, every minute, every hour, every interaction. It was like, I didn't even notice the little the little growth the little healing the little wounds that were you know being taken care of during this span of time that I was with my ex-husband I, I didn't even realize until I was out of the marriage how fucking far I truly had come you know in a space where I felt so restricted you know I didn't even know how far I had come it was it was groundbreaking, but what happened after me deciding that I wanted to leave the marriage was fucking crazy, like a big bang, like an explosion inside of my my body and my mind. You know, I I was ready. I was ready to to have my life. I was ready to live my life on my own accord by my, like, I didn't need anyone. I didn't need anyone to fall down on. I was so ready. I was so strong. Survival of the fittest. Only the strong survive. (sighs) 
There have been, you know, lots of healing moments and phases, you know, just not as, what would I say? Not as big, you know, comparatively to these three, you know, after my marriage, you know, like I said, it was like a big bang that happened inside of me. I had become woke as they say, you know, I don't know if I did or I didn't mention that whole, the random acts of flyness definition of being woke, like this state of really never being able to sleep again, not even necessarily being directly related to, um, my love of my blackness at this point, just being woke in my life, being awake, being alive, fighting, you know, healing, moving, shaking. Okay. I I was not playing any games, you know, and after that, you know, being now in my own space where I'm the controller, I'm the queen of my domain. I, you know, I'm creating a path that is, everything that I've ever wanted, you know, everything. I I realized looking back that I had this fail-proof process that I've been following since phase two, you know, on this journey of understanding the importance of healing. And before I go into that, I really want to be transparent and I want to be very clear that, you know, this process has really only applied to everything except my sexual abuse as that requires intense therapy, you know, and I am not fucking laughing because it's funny. Um, I'm laughing because I'm nervous. It's a nervous laugh. You know, I, I've been in therapy in and out of therapy all my life. And it's to this day, to this day is the hardest thing for me to overcome. You know, I've, I've fucking gotten over shit with leaps and bounds. Like I fucking fight for mine, but this one area, you know, your girl's still fighting. She's still healing. She's still, she's still going through it. But, um, I want to share with you my process, you know, number one, is forgiving myself. So forgiving myself for everything that I had done before I checked myself in the rehab, everything that I'd done running away from my family, everything I had done in my marriage to my husband, you know, everything I had done to my family before I left home, everything I had done to myself, All those self-inflicted wounds that I gave myself that I thought I was handling so fucking well, I had to forgive myself for that because some of those things were harmful. Number two, letting other people have me. It's something that I still work on for sure. Um, But I know that I have true support and there are people in my corner that actually love me and care about me. So when these fucking bags get too heavy to carry, I share them with, with my, with my trusted tribe. And I know that 
I don't have to fight this fight alone. This, this life fight is mine to fight. I have to stand up in my life, but I don't have to carry all of it all the time. And, you know, my dad definitely showed me that during my divorce, you know, because I told you guys in my father's way, I spoke to my dad almost every fucking day. He had me. He had me. And that's the truest testament to letting other people have me. Number three, being still. I'm a runner. My inner child's legs was broken when we checked ourselves into the rehab, into the to the psych ward, because I had been running so far away from everything. I didn't know that I had to be still until... The first day when I had to go home to an empty house with no husband and no child for the first time. And I sat on that couch and I was still. All those feelings, all that rushing did not fucking kill me. I survived. And it it helped me realize that sometimes I got to sit my ass down. And just be in it. No more running. Number four, the triple A, right? Acknowledgement, accountability, and accepting. I have to take acknowledgement. I have to acknowledge the things that I've done, that others have done to me. I have to be accountable for that. And I have to accept what it is to be moving forward after that acknowledgement and that accountability. Accountability is everything, Acknowledgement is everything. Acceptance is everything. It is the foundation for fucking healing. If you ain't doing it, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, honestly. And last is work, work, and more motherfucking work. As I said, I was strong, surviving, you know, being the motherfucking fittest. And I didn't know that I had to keep on healing, that there was more things to be done. I was tired. I didn't want any more. I was done. I'd come that far. I was popping. I survived. I mean, I fucked my finances up, but I had an apartment. I had a car. I was living. I was supporting my life. I didn't want to heal anymore until I realized that I had to keep healing because the only way I was going to survive was to be emotionally strong, and that was to heal myself. Survival of the fittest. Only the healed truly, truly survive. Listen, take one of my tools. This toolbox is our toolbox. Take something. Have that shit. Do some fucking work. Let's go. This is community affairs right now, okay? Come sit with me. Make sure you're following me on IG, Bitch Got a Couch, on Snap, Babyface Pending, Bitch Got a Couch, on Facebook, Bitch Got a Couch. And if you want to talk about how this episode made you feel, if you want to talk about something that you're trying to heal from, 
Listen, I love that shit. People reach out to me on the daily through Facebook, Instagram, talking about how something I've shared has made them feel. And I am not exploiting your pain in that way. I want to be a part of the process. I love to be there for people who want to be there for themselves. Email me at begotacouch at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening and I'll see you next week.